Welcome to Women Over 70, Aging Reimagined, and dedicated to silencing the chatter about what women should and shouldn't be doing as they age. Here to bring you stories about women in their 70s, 80s, and 90s, women who are leading inspiring lives that make a difference to themselves and others, are Catherine Marino and Gail Zalitsky. Hello, I'm Gail. And hello, I'm Catherine. We are the active voice of Women Over 70, Aging Reimagined, and we're delighted to welcome you to today's episode. Each week, we showcase vital women in their 70s, 80s, and 90s who continue to shatter the myths that we become invisible as we age. The 30-minute conversation with our guest focuses on several themes that we've agreed upon in advance. Today, we are delighted to welcome Rita Wilkins. She's 70 years old, lives in historic Philadelphia, and her life has always been exciting. She was the daughter of an Air Force pilot where moving, traveling, and design became part of her everyday life. She embraced learning, exploring, and adventure. She was curious, open, and interested in learning about people and the many different cultures. Rita's education included graduating from the Rhode Island School of Design, which allowed her to pursue her passion and create a well-known interior design business for which she has earned numerous awards. Building on this business several years ago, she created a new lifestyle design division where she coaches and trains people how to design the life they really want. It was a trip to a third world country that changed her life. For the first time, she experienced people who had almost nothing, but they were happy. That inspired her to embark on her own downsizing journey, where she learned that living with less allowed with li- that living with less allowed her to live more. Reader frequently does motivational keynotes. She's delivered a TEDx talk, and she wrote an Amazon number one bestseller: "Downsize Your Life, Upgrade Your Lifestyle: Secrets to More Time, Money, and Freedom." As a national speaker, author, and interior design lifestyle design expert for over 35 years, Rita has changed thousands of people's lives throughout the United States through design. She has a unique way of making complex concepts fun and entertaining, connecting with audiences nationwide to inspire and empower them to live the life they love by design. So Rita, welcome to Women Over 70 Aging Reimagined. Thank you, Gail. I'm so glad to be here with you. Thanks for inviting me. Yes, Catherine and I are thrilled to have you, and we'd love to have you share with our listeners what it was like to give away 95% of your belongings when you downsized from a 5,000-square-foot home to an 867-square-foot jewel box apartment. (laughs) So um, I did not grow up as a radical um, although when I downsized, you know, people started thinking what I did was radical. Um, frankly, when I started my downsizing journey, I knew I wanted less. I did not know how small I would be going, but all I knew is I, you know, just started the journey. I started getting rid of stuff, and all I know is I wanted that simple life like I had experienced when I went to Senegal. And the more I let go of my stuff the easier it became. And ultimately, when I found my tiny little apartment that I wanted to move into, you know, as a designer, I mean, I know what fits and what doesn't fit. (laughs) And so I had to keep giving away more. 
And when I started calculating out what I had given away, it was 95%. So right now I'm living on 5% of what I once owned. And frankly, I've never been happier. Why do you think that is? Well, you know, the reality is when you live with less, you have more time, money, freedom, energy to pursue things that really matter to you. So when you think about a big house, and I had a 5,000 square foot home that was beautiful. It was filled with all the designer accoutrements that you would expect. And I had a huge property and beautiful gardens. Well, guess where my time went every single week, every single week. And guess where my money went? I couldn't possibly handle it all. And my energy was being zapped every single weekend. I, I think now of being out there on a summer hot day managing my gardens. So after I moved, I sat there one night and I said, oh my God, I have time. I have money. I have freedom. What would I do with it? And that's when life got pretty exciting. And that's when I started inventing more. Meaning, you know, what do you do with more time? What do you do with more money? What do you do with that freedom? And so, you know, I started writing a book. I did a TEDx talk. I certainly travel a lot more up until COVID. And, you know, you just have all this new found space. You've made room for other things in your life rather than just managing your stuff. Mm -hmm. Rita, you gave up your gardens and your, your spacious outdoor. Mm -hmm. So I assume that you were kind of a, a lover of nature. And so how, how are you filling that need now? Mm, that's a great question. And that was really important to me. Um, I live in a beautiful, um, right on a beautiful square in historic Philadelphia in Washington Square. I'm a, about a one block away from the Liberty Bell and Independence Plaza. So we have a beautiful park. And, and actually, people don't know this, but Philadelphia has so many secret gardens, they call them. And within a, a three-minute to five-minute walk, I have another private garden and another private garden. So I'm an early riser and it's like going outside in my yard to go to these private gardens. Mm -hmm. And um, so, and, and the other part of that is, is that I have a design firm that's still very active interior design firm. Um, and where most of my clients are, they live out where I used to live. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm there anyway. <laughs> yeah. Wonderful. yeah. But someone, you know, people do ask me, do I miss that part of my life? And, when you give up something, you know, will there be a little bit of missing? And people ask me, do I miss my gardens? Do I miss the big house? And, and you know, I wouldn't be telling the truth if I said I don't miss it a little bit. But you fill it in with other things. So, for instance, I love gardening, and, and it's just um, a hobby of mine. So I found a local church that needed gardeners. <laughs> um, I actually um, am one of the gardeners for the Washington Square Park. So I don't have to do it every day. I do it when I want <laughs> and uh, where I want. So that has filled that particular gap. <laughs> yeah. That, what, what else do you think of in terms of loss when you think about this move that you made and giving up all of your possessions? Mm. You know, frankly, there were so many more benefits that were unexpected that the only thing that I miss occasionally is waking up to the sound of birds. Um, I had a bird sanctuary right out 
behind my house. And that was really, I, I didn't even know that when I built the house, but that would be one thing I miss. Um, <laughs> I, I honestly, I'm, I'm struggling to say what else do I miss? Um, okay. I'm maybe miss a little bit of storage, but I have so little anymore. I don't need a lot of storage. <laughs> right. I miss my, I tell you what I do miss. I miss my big kitchen um, because I entertain a lot and you know, my house would fit, about 60 people mm -hmm. and even though that kind of party was was not that often it was at least twice a year but on a regular basis I had many people just you know come to my kitchen you know they'd be cooking I'd be cooking I do miss that but again you you just reinvent because that's what this is all about I have a beautiful small kitchen and so my maximum capacity is eight people um, and that means people are standing. They're not sitting like they used to be able to sit. Um, but we have fun. And we just have a simpler way of entertaining. Mm -hmm. I did keep my china, my crystal, my silver. But rather than having 12 of everything, I now have four of everything. And so I can still entertain in simpler ways. And frankly, you know, I, I didn't entertain as much formally anyway you know, after a period of time. So, yeah. yeah. I have a question about possessions because um, I look around my house, which is full of gifts that people yeah. have given me. Yeah, yeah. And it's very, the thought of giving those away or parting with those gives me pause. How did mm. you handle that? Mm. You know, that's one of the, top questions I get as the downsizing designer. Um, I, I will only tell you that when, once you start and once you are here, here's the, the goal is that you know why you want to give things up. So in my case, you know, I had experienced this seminal moment when I was in Senegal, West Africa, when I saw people who had nothing, but they were happy. And that trip was so profoundly impactful to me that that was my why. It, it made me cry to think, oh, my God, they have nothing but they're happy. I want that. Mm -hmm. And so when I had that so clearly in my mind, when I started the downsizing journey, every time I would, you know, say, oh, I'm not so sure. I can't give that up. And then I would say, okay, Rita, if you really want that smaller living, that simpler lifestyle, you, you know, get real. And so... I'd give one piece away, another piece away. And, and ultimately, it's like going to the gym. You develop a muscle around giving mm -hmm. it away. And then this was a real interesting lesson for me. Um, I ultimately developed a team of family members and friends that would come, you know, on a weekend. And for four hours, we, they would help me downsize. And at one point, we were in my basement, and we discovered our dad's alarm clock. It was one of those old Timex clocks they probably spent oh, yes. $1.99 for you remember and when I opened the box I hadn't seen in 10 years I just burst into tears and I you know but my sister was there with me that weekend and she saw me crying and she came over and put her arm around me she knew exactly why I was crying and she said you know Rita dad would not want you to keep the clock just you will always have the memories the memories of him waking up very early to provide for our family of, of seven. And, you know, so the clock went into a goodwill bin or something like that. And I took a picture of it and I wrote a story about it. 
Mm-hmm. So one of the things I recommend to my clients is that as you are coming across these sentimental things that are hard to give up, write a story about it take pictures of it or a picture mm-hmm. of it and create a shutterfly book of some kind so that, you know, you can tell your grandchildren and your family, like, why did that clock make you cry? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that's a wonderful. Thank you. That's really beautiful. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, I experienced this myself when I downsized mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, really went, went from, uh, you know, three bedrooms, two and a half baths, uh, lots yep. of space, able to have 60 people over uh and did because i love to entertain also to a uh, small uh, little nest in the sky and, uh, <laughs> i love that yeah, yeah yeah and and so it's it's really uh there is something to be said for for living with less mm. and, well you know it's it's just adding on to what you just said we're kind of meaning making machines right so we make stuff mean something Mm-hmm. And, you know, so when I built this big house, I've had a design firm for 35 years. And, of course, I collected beautiful things over all those years. And as I was downsizing, I kept asking myself, why did I buy this? Why did I buy that? Why did I buy all this stuff? And ultimately, and, and it wasn't an easy question to answer. But when I got real with myself, I realized that I was equating my success with being able to buy that big house, to have, you know, a nice car, to have a nice property. I was making stuff mean something. Mm -hmm. And once I realized that, I said, oh, my God, that's not even who I am. I grew up in a simple middle-class family, you know. And, yes, I I had, had success and I could purchase those things. But when you make your identity when when your identity identifies with the stuff you know it's Mm -hmm. it's a a message that you want to inquire about yes yes Mm -hmm. yes Mm -hmm. you you talk about the sandwich generation and the club sandwich generation i love Mm -hmm. that term (laughs) uh, so so what do you mean by those and and you you know you also talk about navigating this time that we're yeah what do you mean so the club sandwich generation is people of our age, you know, in our 70s. And then we have adult children. And our adult children might have young adults or teenagers or whatever. So, and you could even go down to the grand, great-grandchildren level. So, you know, everywhere from people our age all the way down to grandchildren or great-grandchildren. So that is the sandwich, the club sandwich. And when we say a club sandwich generation, what we mean by that is caretaking, caregiving, um, providing, you know, homes and so forth. So um, I I have a a son who is um, 40, um, a new um, grandchild. They are extremely independent. I don't have to care for them. But I have many clients who um, their children have lost their jobs. They've come back home or when, um, you know, the, the daughter gets a divorce, the son gets a divorce, they don't have a place to live, so they come back and live home. So the sandwich or club sandwich means that there's caregiving going on. There's um, money, you know, being exchanged to help take care of them. 
Um, and, it, you know, with COVID, I, I'm experiencing many of my clients right now, their adult children who might have, you know, had a job, they no longer have a job, they couldn't afford their apartment, um, kids that were in college and, you know, it was, that was the path they were going to be on, suddenly now they're home for, you know, what, the next six months, the next year, who knows. So it's about, you know, having to take care of as a family, how do you manage that? And, and in terms of the way that we live, when we have young adult children living with us again after they had gone from the nest, now they're back home, there are adjustments that we have to make. Um, you know, it's not just living space, it's the emotional engagement, it's their stuff in your home. And, um, you know, so there's just adjustments that have to be made. And, and how we navigate that, you know, whether it's the, um, the financial stress or the emotional stress, the physical stress. And, you know, being in COVID right now and being in quarantine, many families are experiencing, you know, mom and dad working, kids not in school, all the toys all over the place. Um, so there's a different kind of stress that we weren't necessarily experiencing before. Right. Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. And, and um, yeah, so how, how are you talking about, how are you helping people think about uh, you know, their purpose and reigniting their passion and, you know, reinventing themselves when all of this is swirling around? You know, it's probably never been a better time in my business for people to come to me and say, Rita, you know, how can I do this? Um, you know, they're looking, and let's just take a woman who, you know, has done well in corporate and it's been on her mind anyway. Well, you know, I don't want to work you know, 50 to 60 hour weeks anymore. I really want to start slowing down. And it, it's, it's that opportunity that they've, it's, and I call it an opportunity they've been given to slow down. They had to slow down. And, you know, they, they had to work from home. They had to say, wow, this is what it's like to have a, a family dinner together. You know, <laughs> for the last 10 or 15 years, I've been, you know, going from one meeting to the next and then coming home late, not really having dinner or grabbing dinner on the go. I think for the first time in many years, families are starting to look in and recognize what they've been missing. Mm -hmm. So the, the pain that they are experiencing, they're also learning from that pain. They're, they're, it's almost like the mask was taken off. Mm -hmm. um, the mask of wh what were they, you know, they, they were pretending or hiding that, you know, we never have family dinners together. They were pretending or hiding that, you know, I don't know how to have a conversation with my teenagers or adult children. But now that they've been forced to because of the quarantine, I think it's a positive thing, frankly. So people are you know, from, from a career standpoint, many are starting their own companies. They, they you know, might have been let go. And, you know, women of our generation, um, you know, the, if they want to work and they were working, I mean, we're sometimes, and I hate to say it, but we're sometimes the first to go. Um, so they're looking at the gig economy. They're looking at, you know, starting their own companies. Um, and where they might have been on a 
slower track, they might now be on a fast track. And the whole reinvention process is really very similar to what I use in my design world. Um, you know, there's a 10-step process to design, you know, a building or a kitchen or whatever it is that we're designing. And so the same kind of tools are used to assist people in designing, redesigning their lives. And so once you discover, you know, again, going back to why, like the why that makes you cry, as John Maxwell says, once you say, I'm so done with working, you know, 50 or 60 hour weeks, I've had a taste of what it's like to, you know, be in communication with my spouse again and my family again, you know, that why is why they might say, I'm ready to reinvent. I'm ready to make some big changes in my life. And how do I do it? Mm -hmm. Now, you you uh, mentioned to me that you have a, a reverse bucket list. <laughs> Tell us about that. Yeah, yeah. So um, I just actually created this today. Um, it's been on my mind, and, and I've actually done it myself. So if you were thinking about reinventing yourself and reinventing your life, and, and why do people want to reinvent? You know, they want to reinvent because they want their life back. They want freedom. They want, you know, I don't know, they, they, want their, they want their life back, basically. Um, in order for you to move forward, we sometimes have to look backwards. And what I mean by that is, if you think of your life, think of all the things you've accomplished. And what I frequently hear people say is, oh, you know, it wasn't that big of a deal. And, and women are kind of known for doing that kind of thing. But if you think of all the things that you've done in your lifetime that you're proud of, you know, the big things, the little things, you know, it could be like raising really happy children or, you know, spending quality time with your family every day somehow. But those big moments and big milestones or the little ones, they all matter. So part of this exercise is to list as many as you can, and I push people to go to at least 50, and start thinking about things that you have done. And, and honestly, it's not that easy to do. So it could take, you know, a couple of days, a couple of weeks, but every time you think of, of an achievement that you had, you know, it's easy for us to say, okay, well, we have this kind of degree or that kind of athletic achievement or, you know, fitness achievement, that kind of thing. But when you start looking at things like fears that you faced and what did you do to overcome that fear? That's something that when you look at how it developed you as a person, how it changed you, when you can overcome big obstacles or little obstacles, what difference did that make? And aren't you proud of that? So, <laughs> um, you know, things like how you help others, you know, on a daily basis, I had a mom who, you know, every day she was doing something for somebody. And as a child, I used to think, wow, you know, she's got five kids and she still has time to go, you know, bring cookies over to an elderly neighbor. And I remember thinking, wow, that's kind of interesting. And, you know, our, our, my sisters and I have kind of picked up on a little bit of that and we're as good as she was. But, you know, the little things that you do matter just as much. And when I think of the difference she made in, in that elderly woman's life, 
I think, you know, she gave her so much joy. That'd be something to be really proud of. And I'd put on your reverse bucket list. So when you create that reverse bucket list, it gives you an opportunity to, number one, celebrate you. Um, and it also gives you a chance to look at moving forward in my life. Where did I light up? You know, so if, um, I don't know, if artwork were in your past and you won certain awards or something like that, if you were looking to reinvent yourself, and then you go through this bucket list and you say, you know, that spark I once had for art and drawing or painting, whatever it was, it has been so far removed from my daily life that I miss that. And so you start looking at that and you, you kind of start to draw little red threads between this you used to love as a hobby, this you were so fulfilled by doing, you know, the volunteer work at a hospital, whatever it was, you put all of those little red threads together and then you can create or design um, perhaps a business. Um, so if you had a hobby and you used to walk your neighbor's dog and, you know, the red thread would be, you know, I've always had a dog. I love dogs. My dog's dead right now, but I, maybe I'll start dog walking, you know, whatever it is. And then yeah, that's... Sure. Yeah, it's, it's very interesting. How, so you have this, how, how would people find this? And how, how can people find your book? Tell us just a little bit about the book. Oh, also. thank you. Yeah, well, my book is it's an Amazon one, number one bestseller. It's um, called Downsize Your Life, Upgrade Your Lifestyle. So Secrets to More Time, Money, and Freedom. And um, I never thought I would write a book, but after I downsized, and after I lived this simpler life with less, I said, you know, other people are asking me, like, what's it like to live in, you know, with less? Um, all the questions we're having right now. And I thought, I really want to write this down and hopefully benefit other people. Um, so anyway, I wrote a book, and, and that was a wonderful journey in and of itself. Um, in terms of the bucket list, um, I, I will be glad to share this with you. Um, my my email is um, Rita Wilkins at Rita Wilkins.com. And if you just email me and say reverse bucket list, I will be glad to um, share that with you. We didn't even put it up on our website yet. So it, I would just have to share it with you individually, but I'd be glad to. And, you know, there's so many other, you know, things that we can help people have a higher quality of life because essentially that's what lifestyle design is, you know, so it, it's about, um, moving intentionally every day, having the freedom to say no to what you don't want to do and yes to what you do want to do. And it's, it's a lot of empowerment and, and constant growth. So you're embracing, um, you're embracing change. You're embracing the newness of life every single morning. Mm -hmm. um, I call it living out on the skinny branches. Um, so <laughs> I happen to like living on skinny branches because it means that I'm constantly challenged and challenging myself and, and others to live the life they love by design. <laughs> that's really nice. That's, that's just great. And uh, for our listeners, spell your last name, Rita. Um, Wilkins, W-I-L-K-I-N-S, yes. Rita Wilkins. Yes, yes, mm -hmm. yes. 
that that's really great. So as we close here, do you have any um, parting words for our listeners and for people as they age? Do you think at all about aging? Well, you know, today is my 70th birthday. So if I had been interviewed a couple of days ago, I wouldn't have qualified. I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> you you know, it's have. funny. I, I, I guess if you look at life in decades, which I've always done, um, this is a new beginning. I mean, it could say that I'm getting older. Okay, I could say that. Or I could just say, oh, my God, I've got, you know, I'm still kicking. I'm still excited about life. Um, I don't know. I, I don't think of age other, other than just a number. And it's up to us to have the mindset of, of wanting to grow and learn and, you know, keep kicking until we, till we can't kick anymore. <laughs> so what, what I would say to your, to your audience, and I, I really appreciate the opportunity to be here, is, you know, when people come to me and they say, you know, how did you reinvent yourself? Honestly, I've been in design for 35 years. We've done work all over the country. And we've designed buildings and Supreme Court Justice Chambers, major stuff and also many tiny little kitchens. But when all is said and done, I've made a difference in people's lives through design. Mm -hmm. And so I am a firm believer that if you want to reinvent, redesign, reignite your life, it can be done. So you can design the life you love. <laughs> That's wonderful. Mm -hmm. Catherine, did you have anything else? No, but I'm just so busy writing down these quotes <laughs> and, uh, and wanting to keep this feeling of inspiration to simplify my living environment. So thank you. And, and I think we were talking about that, you know, before we got on about sometimes having to cancel vacations right now because of, of COVID. So you, you had your family cancel. I am canceling a vacation this coming week. And um, a year ago right now, I, was, I spent 30 days in the south of France working three days and playing four. That was my mantra. And um, so I was having a little bit of a blue spell earlier in the week when I said, oh, you know, this year I was going to be going to Portugal for a month. Well, I can't right now. So I created what I call the vacation mindset. And mindset is truly, it's totally in your control. And so I've created that I am on vacation right now talking to you and I'm loving every single minute of it. Mm -hmm. You know that feeling you get when you're on vacation and, mm -hmm. you know, everything is brighter. People are smiling more. <laughs> and when you have that vacation mindset, that's the way you show up. You know, you're expecting people to be smiling and talking to you and laughing and having fun. And anyway, so I would just leave that with you to um, develop a vacation mindset every day of your life. <laughs> okay. That's a great, great parting thought. Thank, Thank you. you so much, Rita, for being You're here. very welcome. I've, I've loved talking to you. <laughs> Thank you. And listeners, uh, we are, hope we want to hear from you. And please share your thoughts in our Facebook group at Women Over 70 Aging Reimagined. Become an active participant in our community and join us at our Zoom events. Access our weekly Wednesday podcasts. See you next Wednesday on Women Over 70 Aging Reimagined.
Thank you for listening to Women Over 70, Aging Reimagined. If you like what you've heard today, please subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen. In what ways are you shattering the myths that women over 70 are no longer relevant or visible? How are you celebrating aging? Join with us. Make your voice heard. Find us at womenover70.com.